0: Hello people, um, this is a very random, spontaneous, um, segment or just mm, episodes, I don't know. Um, I just wanted to hop on and talk about something that has been heavy on my heart this past few days, past few weeks, I think even the past month as we go into Christmas, um, And there's really no way of segueing into it without getting right into the meat. And um, yeah, so like I've really been struggling with the idea of life. Um, Hear me out. Not living life, not the do I live, do I not live part of life, but just the essence of life itself. This gift that God gave us to enjoy as humans, as His children. Uh, this gift that He has given the entire world, you know, believer, non-believer, the fact that we have breath, today we have life. And what that really means for us. Um, and I've, I've really, really been thinking about what, not necessarily what is the meaning of life, but what is the purpose of life And not an individual life, but life in general. Like, why did God decide that he would put us on this earth, not as individuals, but as individuals inside communities, inside complex systems, inside inside different time frames and timelines, um, you know, different centuries? Like, why did God allow us to exist the way we exist in this day and age? Like, why are you in the time that you're in so like for instance i'm recording this um in the morning on a sunny tuesday um in 2022 i could have been made in any other time but god chose that i should exist in this time and this is not one of those existential kind of uh, crisis i'm having just a general wonder Um, yeah, like why, why, why God, why did you give us life? And it just got me thinking as I was reflecting, a couple of things have been happening that probably wouldn't get into because they're very specific to me, but the outcome is something that I'm sure we can all relate to and why I'm recording this right now. Um, I was just thinking, when did we stop living for each other? When did when did life become about self-preservation? When when did we get to a place where we we were okay with getting enough for ourselves before we take care of others? When did the roles switch to me first, then my neighbor? When did we read the Bible and see Jesus' meaning? love your neighbor as you love yourself as first love yourself then you can love your neighbor and when self is not loved enough then your neighbor can wait when when did that become the message because when i read the bible i see he says love the lord your god with everything that is within you and then from that you will love your neighbor as you love yourself and when I see that in the Bible, when, when I see what it looks like to love God with every single being, every single thing that is within me, that translates into emptying myself because I cannot love with God with everything I am if all that I am is sin. If all that I am is a sinner, let me say that. If all that I am is broken, the Bible has made it very clear on the redemption story, which is we were trapped in sin. God came to save us, but to save us, we have to submit to him. Not have to, we get to submit to him. And in that submission, we empty ourselves. And Paul talks about this like every day we empty ourselves. We beat our flesh into submission. We, we deny ourselves these things so that we can be closer to God. We seek first the kingdom of God and only... By doing that, can we love our neighbor? So when did it become about my needs first, then others? And I ask this because the contemplation I've been having has has been from a variety of, of events, conversations, simple conversations about faith, to very complex um, scenarios that have played out in my life and my friends' lives that I've been able to just witness and in all that the the common denominator has been love for self i want to take care of myself so badly first that i do not care what it does to the next person and then that starts damage and that damage i found myself in a place where i cannot help or i do not want to help because it will cause me inconvenience and it will cause me inconvenience that is beyond what i am used to handling and even what i am used to handling has become a very low tolerance friends when did when did life become about us when did we stop caring about the needy when did we stop Caring about the less fortunate in society, not just physically, but those who are disadvantaged emotionally, mentally, spiritually when 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 did we stop caring? And it's something I had to ask myself and it it, it hit me especially hard this morning because I was just thinking, and it, it was it was funny, but also very sad. Um, as a kid. I used to pray and this was, you know, as as a child in my childish and childlike way. I used to see this like really really high-end houses and properties. I loved architecture growing up. I still do. I love great designs. I love big spaces. I I I am a sucker for like just grand spaces, especially homes, particularly homes. And when I was younger, I used to pray, God, give me all the money because I want to live in that space. I want to live in that house. And it wasn't because I love the space. Yes, I did. But that prayer was always, man, I cannot imagine how much fun I'd have with my friends in such a space. And it was very crazy because even as a child, that, that prayer, and I still remember it quite fondly, It wasn't the fun that, oh, come to my house, let's, you know, play with my things. No, it was like we have a space and the fun that when I thought of fun, what usually came to my mind was just joy, happiness, having a space where we're all equals and no one lacks and everyone is happy. And the reason why I prayed that prayer specifically was because I looked around and I had friends who lived in such spaces. I had, par- I had parents who lived in such spaces. I had uh, colleagues who lived in such spaces. Well, I was a kid. I didn't have colleagues. But like people that I knew, acquaintances, let me say that, who lived in such spaces. And whenever we went there, it felt like there was this aura of this is my space. Do what I want you to do. Behave yourself. Not everyone is allowed here. And it's a privilege for you to be here. And that is the message of the world. Unfortunately, it's like get for yourself. And then choose who you enjoy it with. But I used to look at these spaces I'm just like, yo, imagine if this was for us. And what I didn't know at the time, looking back, was that I was picturing the book of Acts. I was picturing a scenario where people came together and those that had plenty gave gave beyond what they had and those that had nothing had something to get and at the time i was it was you know i was i was i was tunnel visioned in that you know it was money and this big houses and and you know big cars i've always i i have hated small cars i mean i would love to have a sports car one day but i have always hated small cars and the particular reason and my friend my close friends know this is because we can't carpool you can't like you you can't if you have a two-seater car you just you can't it's just two people <laughs> but i love suvs and i always drive suvs and i love driving pickups because it's like yo get on yo there's space yo we'll make room we we, we will accommodate I've always loved that because being with my friends, being with strangers, people I just met, it's like, yo, and I know it's always been a safety risk, but God has been so good to me. The idea of community to me has just been central, and I'm not saying this to kind of come off as holier than thou, but I learned from a very young age the the damage of the damage that comes with um Being neglected, being cast as second class, being seen as, or or rather not being seen. And in a space where I had the privilege to have everything that I could need physically and materially, the lack of community and the, the lack of authentic community was quite damaging. So this is me as a child. Um... Seeing the book of Acts in a very simplistic way in material things, and yes, that you know that was me then, and I, I I looked back, and the reason why I'm here right now is because I had an evaluation of that same thought a couple of months ago, and I realized that I still have the same prayer. Oh God, I want money, I want I want a big house, I want a big car, but the reason had changed. It was, God, I want my own privacy. I want my own space. I want my own luxury. I want I want this for myself, and then whatever's left, I can help others with. And this is me as a mature Christian. This is me as Bible-believing, God-fearing man. This is me doing life as I am right now. But over time, I've drifted away from the Word what it really means to be rich. The true purpose of why God gives us what he gives us and why he doesn't give us what we don't have. And today, as I was just reflecting on this idea of the greatest gift, the Son of God come down for us, it got me thinking, what if God had the same mindset that we have? What if he decided... I'm not going to give you my best until I'm satisfied. I'm going to keep this to myself and I'm going to give you the bare minimum that is enough for you to survive but not enough for you to thrive. Because if I give you what's enough for you to thrive, then I'll be at a deficit. What if God decided, I'm not going to give you my only son because this is way too precious to me. This is way, way too valuable to me. Let me look for something else that I can give you that would allow you to have Temporary relief, but I would still feel good and be comfortable. And I'm sorry to say, but it was quite sickening when that thought hit my head. Because I just, I saw myself, this human being who has depended on the grace of God literally every second. And on some days it has been depending on his Amazing power to just keep me alive, to keep me breathing. When I've been sick in hospital, when I've been, you know, deep in depression, when I have gone through suicidal thoughts that were at the cusp of causing me to literally end my life, I have thought of that sacrifice that God gave through His Son, who in turn gave a sacrifice of Himself so we could have the Holy Spirit who now dwells within me and is literally my lifeline i thought of how great a gift that was and how how he must have and how he did he has evidently emptied himself caused himself to go through pain that we cannot even begin to fathom has lost everything the bible says that he you know he came down from heavens and he left that stature, he left that, he left that prestige to come down and suffer, for us, to be among us, to suffer death, a, humili- a humiliating death, embarrassing death and pain, so that I could have a lifeline. Yet here we are today as Christians. And maybe this is me being naive, being too young. To actually understand how the world works today, but I think personally, I can say this confidently: I had lost, I had lost it. I had lost this idea of sacrifice. I had lost the sense of sacrifice. I would lost the idea of true community, and it really hurt because I look at my friends, I look at my life, I look at strangers' lives, just stories that I hear, testimonies, and some that are not testimonies, people going through the most, and I see the root of a lot of these things is the love of self. We love ourselves so much that we we cannot go outside our comfort zone to preach the word. We cannot go outside our lives because we don't want to be called out for the things that we're doing that are contrary to the Bible. We refuse to acknowledge the word of God as the true word of God because it would compromise and cause us to actually be held accountable to the things that we're doing and the lifestyle that we're living. We would much rather call people judgmental, tell them that they're condemning us, than to actually be free of this love of self. And that's just on the spiritual side. On the physical side, we would, we would much rather not open up our spaces because of the inconvenience of you know, cleaning up afterwards or the fact that it's going to cause us a lot of financial strain or the fact that it's going to cause us our privacy. It's going to cost us our privacy. Emotionally, we would rather not be there for people and empathize. We would rather sympathize and share likes and share prayers and give generic comments. We would much rather do that because that gives us peace of mind. I look in the Bible and that's not what I see. I see a Savior who gave himself in every single aspect and I see disciples who came after him and emptied themselves every single day. Every single day. The Bible said every day they gathered, they broke bread, they they shared what they had, and yes, they empowered each other. There was no laziness. They empowered each other, but where someone lacked and someone had plenty of, or even had anything to give, they gave and we see this, Paul talks about this church where he knows that they that they're poor, but they have given everything that they have, and they give and give and give. But we are in a place where we take and take and take the the position that we've taken as the church today is just, and I'm not meaning the church organization. Yes, that is part of the word church, but itself, self as well, like our individual selves. We have become takers. Takers, takers. We take, we take, we take, and we give. So little we we give. We don't give a damn. We don't give a damn. We love ourselves too much. Going into Christmas, we have people that are needy, that lack. And I'm not talking about physical lack, I'm talking about spiritual lack. We have been in a position to be able to give this whole year. Well, we haven't because we have chosen self. Do you think that could change? Do you think maybe you could get to a place where where that that's just not the case anymore? Do you think we could get to a place where where we are emptying ourselves and actually competing with God to fill us up, where we are emptying ourselves almost as fast as he is filling us up? Or are we going to wait until we are overflowing so we can give just a bit? The prayer I had this morning it wasn't really a prayer, it was just a shouting match. I was just sh- I was just shouting. I was so frustrated. I was just telling God, you know I, I, I've, I've lost it, I've lost it. I've lost the urge to want to empty myself.'ve I have surrounded myself with people that have lost the urge to want to empty themselves and help others. And I wasn't saying that to kind of blame, oh, look at what they did to me. It was more of, look at what we have become. And in all this, I was just in awe of his grace and mercy that even in this slow sliding away, he has been faithful. He has still provided, he has still given, but, but now it's it's on me, it's on you, it's on us. To wake up and say, God, make us selfless. And my prayer has changed. (laughs) Like, God, I still want money. I want a big car. I want a big house. But above everything, I want open doors. I want people to be able to come to me when I have. Or even when I don't have. Whoever comes. Let me think of them first before I think of myself. Let me see a brother and sister before I see myself. Allow me in this time as I, as I look at the ultimate sacrifice that you gave to be able to look at my life and say, God, you are good, you are merciful, and I want to empty myself for others because you have emptied yourself for me. I want to open up my house. I want to open up my wallet. I want to open up my heart. I want to open up everything. Everything I have in me. I don't want anything closed off because that causes darkness. That causes staleness. That causes, causes stunted growth. It causes everything but light. It stops me in my tracks and it gives me an illusion that I am being mature. No, no, no. I was thinking like I was having a very heavy morning just thinking about this. When did I get to a place where my life mattered? When did I get to a place where I cared about my life. <laughs> when when did I get there? When did we get there? Our lives are not our own. When did I get to a place where I stopped asking God, "How can I almost die for you today?" How can I give to the point of death? And that's that that it's it's very foreign to someone right now who's listening and It was foreign for me as well because the last time I thought about that was a very, very long time ago. I was maybe 14, 15. How can I I die today, God? How can I empty my life to the point where I am near or even beyond death physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? How can I make sure that I am fully giving everything that you have put in me with the full confidence that even before I started to empty myself, you had overflown me? How? And uh, if you choose to pray this prayer, I guarantee you, you will get an answer. The question is, when that answer comes, are you willing to work on it? Well, not just working it. Are you are you willing to dive on in? Head first, eyes closed, arms wide open. Are you willing to empty yourself this holiday? And for the rest of your life? I don't wanna be the person that gets to the end of their life and is surrounded by their family on their deathbed and everyone is talking all these good things about me and how I provided for them and how I did ABC, but I die and I go to God and he tells me that was all in vain. You gave, but you didn't empty yourself. You provided, but not to the level that I allowed you, that I gave you the ability to. I don't want to look back and see the spaces that I could have filled with being, being there by emptying myself in every single way possible and then look at the damage that would have caused. I don't want that to be the story of my life. I want to get to heaven completely empty I want God to look me in the eye and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I want to look around and see people that I helped when I knew I had nothing. And I want to look around and see people who helped me when I knew that they had nothing. Man, I'm going to finish with this. Um, A couple years ago, 2018 probably 2019 yeah 2019 um i'm living in leeds and the living situation is just bad it was so bad and (laughs) again cannot get into the details only my close friends know what happened and there was uh the house i was living in i was a good house man big really nice Uh, living with a couple roommates and some drama ensued and I had to leave quite abruptly in the middle of the night, not knowing where I'll go. I picked up my phone and I called my best friend, my brother, David. If you're listening, bro, I, you know, I love you so much. And I didn't even finish explaining what was going on. He just said, bro, come over like i i don't have much room but i i do have an extra bed he didn't say this on the phone he was just like come just get out of there come over and i stayed with him for two maybe three weeks i think it it, it felt like 2 or 3 weeks and eventually everything was sorted um it was it was a great time um and I went back to my life and, you know, everything came came back together. And I thank God that the issue resolved itself. But I look back and, and it's instances like those. I still don't know how much it took from him to invite me into his space. But I was in a desperate place and my friend... He looked at his spaces like listen this is going to cost me my privacy this is going to cost me my peace of mind this is going to cost me a b c but i love you so much i would rather have that taken away from me than to justify not helping a friend and a brother and i take it even further like i would i would much rather have these things taken away from me, than not to help a stranger that I meet on the street. Someone who is suffering, someone who is literally at the end of everything that they are. I would much rather help than to justify it in any other way. And let me tell you, friends, as we do this, all these issues that we talk about, like when we kill self, everything else, let me tell you for a fact, everything I talk about on the podcast, everything we discuss, it all vanishes. It stops being, it stops being an issue. This idea of, oh, do I listen to secular music? Do I not listen to secular music? Do I type? Do I not type? Do I, do I, do I go to this church? Do I not go to that church? How do I overcome sin? How do I, it all fades away when we kill self. Because when we kill self, you're living for God and you're living for others. And every every other thing just fades away. It's not a bad, it's not, it stops being about what I want and what makes me happy, what fulfills me. And it starts being about God, what is on your heart for me to the people around me. And it makes us so acutely aware of who is actually the center of, Of our lives. And that is Jesus. And right after Jesus is our neighbors. And right after our neighbors is ourselves. Everything fades away. When we kill self. And when self dies. We share. We partake. A great table is laid before us. But we cannot enjoy what is in it or on it because we are living such selfish lives. Can we change that this Christmas? Can we give sacrificially of our time, of our resources, believing that God is present? Have a Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Love you guys. Goodbye.